In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Thank God we are here today. It's a little bit colder today, isn't it? Don't be anxious about it. My homily today will be about not being anxious and not being fearful in the front of affliction and distress. Do not be anxious and do not fear. Allow me to start with a story. You know, my family, I was born and raised in Romania. My mother's family comes from a part of Romania called Moldova, Basarabia in Romanian, in other terms, who is the eastern side of Romania. And 80 years ago, on this very date, June the 28th, that's 1940, the Soviet army crossed the border into Romania, occupying that territory. For, the, for whatever reasons. This was the beginning of a disaster that brought communism not only to that area, but also to Romania later, what's, not, what's Romania today. My mother's family, for generations, was of priests. And in the village there, my mother's siblings, her parents, her great-parents, grandmother, and great-grandmother, who was almost a hundred years old when the communist Soviets, Russians entered across the border. Along with their presence, they started to begin to feel right away the changes that they were bringing with communism, a new regime. Within six months, the Soviets organized to have elections. And the elections had to turn out very well. You know how it is in communism. There's only one candidate, and that has to be voted by everybody. Those who do not vote are subject to deportation. During the six months, Grandpa, my mother's grandfather, Peter, whose name they would be tomorrow, is tomorrow, was taken and deported because he was a priest. Siberia. The older ones were left along, along with the women. Being families of priests, they were at very high risk for being taken away and killed. So the election day came, and as they were approaching the weeks before, the younger people in the family were asking great-grandma to go to vote in the center of the village where the cultural center was. And she said she will not be voting with it for Antichrist. She will never vote for Antichrist. And they begged her, please come and vote, because if you don't vote, they're going to kill us all. They're going to kill us all. And she said, no, I will not go out there. I don't feel good. I'm not gonna, I cannot go to, to walk there. So they're all fearful. Fear was present in the family, because grandma refused to go, great-grandma refused to go to vote. In the meantime, she was praying, Lord God, do not let me to be ashamed now. F forgive my sin of lying, saying that I don't feel good, but don't let, me put be, don't let me be put to shame. She encouraged the younger generations to go and do whatever they have to do and not to worry, not to fear, because everything will be good. So the election day came, and she would not move. She stayed in the bed. She said, I don't feel good, but she, 
I will stay at home. I will not vote for Antichrist. The night before she had a dream. Stalin appeared to her in her dream. Coming to take her by the hand to vote for him. Imagine this. So she did not move. Everybody went to, to vote. She stayed at home. They asked, where is she? Since she's at home, she's sick. Said, no, not to worry. We'll go to her. She was instructed to stay at home with the unlocked door. These people went to knock at the door to have her vote at the house. And the door was locked. They returned to the family who was just totally melted of fear. Said, the door is locked. So they went home and unlocked the door. And they found great-grandma asleep in the bed in the Lord. She had dressed herself up. She prepared herself. And the good Lord did not disappoint her. In her love, in His love for her, He granted her a blameless, peaceful end without the staining of her soul. What followed afterwards, with the Soviets coming there and with the historical events in Romania, we have a regime that was imposed to bring changes. The old was replaced by the new. We had new people, new ideas, new slogans. The statues, statues were taken down from public places. All right? Icons were removed from classrooms and businesses because you see they're offensive to some. The priests and their families continued to be persecuted, deported, and kill, killed. Labor camps were instituted for those who were not with them, with the communists, to be taken care of. Because the slogan was, if you're not with us, you're against us. Remember this? I see some of you here shed, shedding tears. But you went through this. If you're not with us, you're against us. This was a polarized society that was being built for the sake of equalizing everybody. Sounds familiar? Because they thought they were not equal. Some were more equal than others. This is what communism brought. So, in the midst of, of this um, brutal change, whose elements are very clearly seen in our society here, ironically, on the other side of the ocean, in the United States. Many shed their blood, being martyred, martyred, but many stuck to their faith, which the devil, through the hands of the communists, intended to wipe away from that country and from many other countries, including Russia, Ukraine, you name it. The war was against faith, against Christ, against the church. Churches were destroyed. Icons were being pulled down. Demolished churches. Downtown Bucharest, the bulldozers went down and leveled churches. So new buildings, flats, blocks of flats were built there. This is where it went. And all for being equal and having prosperity. Great suffering, great pain, great fear for some, but not for all. Great grandma was not fearful. She was not anxious either. So, this is my long story here. Allow me to begin my sermon now.
What's anxiety? Anxiety is something that brings worries because of a cause that's not really there. You know, the earthquake can hit. They predict that it will come soon. It's about the time. Somebody who's anxious will, will worry about that earthquake and not even go to bed with peace. Will gather all kinds of supplies and flashlights and, and you know, do build sensors to know when the earthquake comes and have that unrest. Will the earthquake come? Yeah, sometimes. Maybe. The Lord says today, do not be anxious. In the context of worrying about food, drink, and clothing. Just work for these things, do your best, but don't build them up. Don't treasure money more than God. But anxiety comes in our life. The more we own, the more we have property, the more anxious we are about that. The more complex our life is, with appointments, with visits, with managing and doing and setting up the camera and doing, the more anxious we are when things don't go well. Anxiety is an undesired feeling in the Lord today because of attachment to money and desire to have more says, do not be anxious. What is this? Three times, six times in a few verses, imperatives, do not be anxious. It's a commandment. It is a commandment not to be anxious. And you say, but Lord, how can I do that? He tells us, seek the kingdom of God first, and the other things will be added. Seek the kingdom of God first, and if the earthquake comes, blessed is God. Glory be to Him. Why? Not only don't we know when it comes, to fear about it, but it's in God's hands. And if we have faith in God, He knows what He's doing. And I trust my, I put myself in God's hands with everything I have. How do I do that? By seeking the kingdom first. As we do today. And anxiety from whatever things will go away because these things, these, these things will be granted to us by the Lord. Be the clothing, the food, protection from the earthquake. Why? Because we are of great value to Him. Better value, higher value than these beautiful flowers and the birds you have here. Was great-grandma anxious about any uncertain things there? Maybe there were uncertain things. But there was fear. Now fear is different. We fear something that we see coming. Alright? The Soviets crossed the border. The tanks are in the country, the radio said. We fear that. We better get out of here. Some packed quickly and crossed the border, the river, the river into West Romania today. That was out of fear for being killed. They did the smart thing. If an enemy comes to you to hurt you, you're going to move away. And fear is a good thing. Get out. Be fearful. So she did that. Fear has an object, a clear object. Back in the home in the, in the old countries, in our home countries, the object of the fear was one, clearly, one enemy, communism. And that made it so much easier. It had many ways of coming down. 
We have Securitate, KGB, you have the microphones pulling out, the prisons, the labor camps, and so on. But the enemy was one. But in other societies, such as this one here, the enemy, that's the devil, trying to destroy mankind and the ones who are the children of God, his best out of the creation, is not well defined. It's diffused. And it makes it so much more difficult to engage this war when you don't know the enemy. Is this right, Andrew? You got to know the enemy. Do you know to whom we fight? So when the enemy comes from different angles, you don't know where to look for it. We have the issues of pornography, abortions, same-sex marriage, um, all gender identity crisis, government issues, leadership, the ethnic crisis, and all the complications that came out of that. Destruction. Abusive use of force against people of different race. Terror instilled because of possible destruction. And for some Christians with big ears, you hear the threat of the threat. The idea of destroying what's for us sacred. Icons, churches, the cross, statues we see already. So, what do we do? History repeats itself. (laughs) Different country. Different devil. No, same devil. Same devil. Comes in in different forms. And in the process, desiring what? The dismembering of the family values of family? Of our detachment from Christ? We fear. At times we fear. And we are anxious as well. Were any of you anxious about running out of toilet paper when the COVID hit? Or food? Going to the grocery store to buy just in case. You know, what, what, if, what if this is going to last for three years? We're not going to have anything to eat or take care of the other end. That's anxiety. The Lord says, do not be anxious. How about fear? I have fear that I can get sick and die. That's correct. I have fear that I can get hit, abused, shot down if I drive downtown in my hometown by those who are there with violence. That's that's a legitimate fear. I have fear that somebody might walk in right now and pull out the icons because um, the print is different than it should be. That's fear. But we're not anxious about that. We're not anxious about that. Fear. Fear is something that come, appears in the Bible more than anything else. The fear of God is the, the beginning of wisdom, of knowledge is the fear of God. Fear God. Many times the Psalms, the Proverbs, everywhere, the fear of God. Yet, the most popular commandment in the Bible, you know what it is? Do not fear. Do not fear. When fear of God is in place, nothing else is to be feared of. When we have fear of God, true fear of God, He will grant us not to fear anything else. See great-grandmother. 
how she handled the situation that was critical for herself and the family. With the fear of God. In the epistle reading today, St. Paul writes to his fellow Christians in Rome. That is to the Romans. A passage that might be difficult, but it's so beautiful. And it tells us that we should be here today. To be given what we need not to fear. And to rise above that. Allow me to read here a little bit because we might have missed. I'll quote it. Brethren, since having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have obtained access by faith to this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in our hope of sharing the glory of God. Our hope of sharing the glory of God. You know what this means? To be like God is glorious. He shares this with us. And when we think about that, we have a hope that we will too be in His glory, glorified with Him, with the ascended, resurrected Christ, and crucified Christ. And when this is part of who we are, we rejoice. St. Paul so says, we rejoice in our hope of sharing the glory of God. Even if the communists walk in, even if the violence is at the door, even if the stock market goes down, we are meant for that glory. And how do we get there? This is for the future for us, and this is what brings the joy, the strength, the power, the immunity to all the other stress. Well, there are two steps before this. We're going to reverse. He says, because we have peace with God. Our relationship with God is healed now. When we're lost after the, the fall of Adam and Eve and all the mess that followed afterwards, that's fixed in the very person of Jesus Christ through His incarnation and crucifixion and resurrection. We are now at peace with God. Not peace like we have it among ourselves. What do we experience most often? Anxiety. Anxiety is the opposition of peace. So when we, have, when we realize that we have this peace with God, anxiety goes away. We, gotta have, we have to be with this. We have to be there. Accept this peace from God. And this would bring countless benefits. So the relationship with God is fixed. And I would say, when we manage to live by this, all the other relationships will be fixed. Otherwise, we will never be equal. The Russian with the Romanian, the Ukrainian with the Greek, the Romanian with the American, the Chinese with the Japanese, the white skin with the black skin, the, the, the American Indian with whatever, will never be equal. We're all different. Each one is different. Made a person, not a number. So what they try to force on us, equality through communism and socialism, there's no such thing. In Christ, we're all one. Not only equal, we become one. And this happens when we have peace with Him. And the Lord God, Christ, made this possible. So we rejoice in our hope of sharing the glory of God because we have the peace with God now. And this grace is given to us. But why is this? 
St. Paul says, because we have been justified by faith. God forgave our sins. And we, with faith in Him, in His Son, and what He's done, in His faithfulness, in the Gospel, we were given the chance to be righteous, to be saved. Right? To embrace this peace of God and bring it to others in Christ. And to rejoice in the hope of sharing the glory of God. Great-grandma, that hope, until they knocked at the door, didn't leave her. She was at peace with God. Pure heart, illumined. And it would be great if St. Paul stopped here. The homily would be shorter, but he continues. Here's the point. More than that. More than that. We rejoice not only in the hope of sharing the glory of God. We rejoice in something else as well. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings. How about that? We feel oppressed now and suffering because of COVID. The pressure with the, the, the social changes and the, the battles and the violence and everything else. It might be just the tip of the iceberg. We might be called to suffer for Christ. Then what? What St. Paul says, if we made it thus far, rejoicing in our sufferings, I'm sorry, rejoicing in our hope of sharing the glory of God, then we rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Knowing that suffering produces endurance or patience. The ones who suffer are patient. They will be there and suffer. Remember the paralytic by the pool for how many years? 38 years? He was patient. The ones who suffer doing their homework day after day because mom asked them to do so, they are patient. The ones who suffered in prisons, in the communist prisons, deprived of everything, you were so patient. Patience is a virtue that is very opposite to our values these days. We, are, we live in a society that drives us to have everything at once, right now. The COVID crisis, the lockdown must end up right now. Otherwise, I'm going to die in the house. Right now. It's too much suffering for me. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Patience, that is. And patience produces character. The one who are patient... Build up character, virtues, to be like whom? Like the righteous ones, like the saints, like the Lord Himself. Don't we all want to be Christ-like? Isn't this our calling? Character like His is what we try to build. Suffering produces patience, and patience produces character, makes beautiful people. I encourage you to talk to people who came from Greece who are now in their 80s, or Romania, or their 90s. Because these people went through tremendous suffering. And they're very patient. And see their character. Suffering produces patience. Patience produces character. And character produces hope. Hope. As opposed to what? Our desire to change in our days according to our mood. I want to be 
different, you know, my character will change according to the mood and I don't have any hope. Hope. Because of our weakness with patience and our character being fluid, fluid and changing according to what we read online or what our friends tell us. We grow to be a society without hope. Because hope is produced by character, produced by endurance, produced by suffering. And hope, like St. Paul says, hope in sharing the glory of God, that hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit which has been given to us. That's why having hope in our glorified end, in the glory of Christ, shared with us, will not let us down. God's love is what comes to make it happen. It's poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Receiving this in our baptism, being justified by our faith in the grace, having the peace with God, that hope of us in the kingdom and in His beauty and His safety is because God loves us. It is because of God's love that great-grandma held in place until the end. It is because of God's love that we don't fear COVID. It is because of God's love that we we are not anxious about COVID coming to our house. Because we have patience, we have character, we have hope. We have hope. Moreover, as St. Paul encourages us to do, if there is suffering because of these, such as the lockdown, such as the loss of job, such as somebody hitting me because I'm whoever I am on the street and I wear a cross, or somebody breaking the window or taking down the church, or putting us in prisons like they did, we have that hope. And that hope brings light. And we do not fear. We do not fear. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit which has been given to us. And God shows His love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we're sinners, He died for us. His love, not just for us now being righteous, quote-unquote, but for the sinners as well. What does it mean? God's love for Stalin God's love for Ceausescu. God's love for Donald Trump. God's love for the one who killed the innocent African-American. God's love for the ones who abused others walking by, destroying, taking property down. God's love for those is there. And we hope and pray that they too will find this path of having peace with God, finding that love and having hope in something better than this today. What do we do? Do not fear, that's a commandment. Seek the kingdom of I'm sorry, do not be anxious. Seek the kingdom of God first, and the rest will be taken care of. As for fear, rejoice in tribulations. When the hardship comes, when the bad news comes, rejoice. Be patient. And let that patience build character and your hope turn to the love of God that will make, bring joy to you in your suffering. 
an early church father, Origen, from the 2nd century, gives us a final direction here on how to address crisis. Because we are a time of crisis now. And I know quite a few of you are anxious and have fear about things happening. To quote Origen, As we, by our prayers, vanquish all demons who stir up war and lead to violation of oaths and disturb the peace, we in this way are much, that's the Christians for us, in prayer, are much more helpful to the kings than those who go into the field to fight for them. And we do take our part in public affairs when along with righteous prayers we join self-denying exercises and meditations which teach, us, which teach us to despise pleasures and not to be indeed and not to indeed fight under, the, under Him. I'm sorry. Yes. And not to be indeed fight under Him I, I mixed it up. Forgive me. And we do not take, Christians, we do not take our part, we do take our part in public affairs. When along with righteous prayers, we join self-denying exercises and meditations, which teach us to despise pleasures and not to be led away by them. And none fight better for the king than we do. We do not indeed fight under him, under the king although He requires it. But we fight on His behalf, forming a special army, an army of piety, by offering our prayers to God. This was in the 200s, and this ought to be our guidance on how to fight what you see in this country today. Through prayer and the ascetic practices. Together. It is the love of God that we need and our hope to be able to pray. When we are anxious and fearful, we cannot pray. So we thank God for this love by loving Him. And today, our love for God is our love for the church, for His body, for one another, those here present and those absent for a good cause, and for the church that brings us together to give us not only comfort, but courage to rejoice in suffering, to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God who is promised to us in His eternal kingdom. Amen.